last week was a bit of a hectic week. You might have saw on the news there were a lot of people filing lawsuits in New York regarding alleged sexual assaults. Thousands, thousands of civil suits were piling up in New York. And it was all because New York Democrats allowed a one-year window for anyone with a sexual assault claim to come forward and file a lawsuit. And it was regardless of any type of statute of limitation. So even if the statute of limitation had expired previously, you were able to file, file that lawsuit within a one-year window. It was called the Adult Survivors Act. Okay. And it thankfully expired last Thursday. But there was a long list of celebrities that got wrapped up in all of this. Ultimately, anyone, like I said, who came forward and made a sexual assault allegation was able to file these lawsuits against anyone, anyone. And you might have saw the headlines. You might be familiar previously as well. President Donald Trump was one of the individuals listed as uh, someone being accused of sexual assault. He was accused by uh, E. Jean Carroll. If you remember her, she was the one who went on CNN with Anderson Cooper and went on air and said these ridiculous comments about rape. Feel like a victim. I was not thrown on the ground and ravished, which the word rape carries so many sexual connotations. This was not, this was not sexual. For, it just, it, it hurt. It just, what, it just, you know. Well, I think most people think of rape as a, I mean, it is a violent Assault. It is not. I think sexual. most people think of rape as being sexy. Mm. Let's take a short break. Think of the fantasies. Mm. We're just going to take a quick break. If you can stick around, we'll talk more on the other side. You're fascinating to talk to. <laughs> I mean, even Anderson Cooper couldn't hold it together. Uh, those claims were outrageous. But just to kind of walk you back in time, she initially made claims that the president had sexually assaulted her back in the 90s. And a reminder, I was two years old when she claims a sexual assault happened. Just that's how long ago it, she alleged it happened. And then she filed a defamation suit because the president spoke up against her claims and tried to defend himself against her claims. Now, after filing that defamation lawsuit, New York Democrats came together and they pushed forward the Adult Survivors Act. And that led the way that same month for her to file the lawsuit again, another one, against the president for the alleged sexual assault. So ultimately, if you talk to people in New York, they'll tell you that this was pushed through so it could go after President Trump, so she could go after President Trump. But it has since backfired, and it's backfired pretty badly, uh, especially for New York Democrats, individuals like Governor Andrew Cuomo, the former creepy governor, of course, and New York City Mayor Eric Adams. They are now being forced to defend themselves because guess what? There's accusations coming about, and they're alleging that these uh, men sexually assaulted them or sexually harassed them. Eric Adams, for example, let's go over his case real quick. So this woman claims, and this is when they work together, that uh, Adams had sexually had had sexual misconducts with this woman. Uh, Eric Adams himself says he doesn't recall even meeting her. Her allegations go all the way back to 1993. So that is 30 years ago. Obviously, the statute of limitations up on that. So she's using this law to file the lawsuit. So I Googled this woman's name, and I won't say her name on air just to be, you know, respectful, but I Googled her name in the filing, that name that she used to file the, the court documents against Eric Adams came up in several other court filings. She's actually filed what it looks like based on that name that she used, multiple lawsuits. 
She's filed lawsuits against Google, I mean, sorry, against uh, American Airlines. And she's also filed lawsuits against Miami-Dade County Public Schools. Interesting enough, when I Googled her name, something else interesting came up, a book. This woman has allegedly written a book, just based off the names, if you use the court filing names, you plug it into Google, a book on how to sue. So Eric Adams now has to defend himself against a woman who he claims he never met and who claims that um, there was some type of sexual misconduct. And it's not just Eric Adams, it's also the police force, the NYPD's gotta, gotta deal with this woman now. And again, I read over everything. I didn't see any physical evidence being presented in the filing, any messages or anything being cited. But, you know, that will play out as, as time passes. But again, how do you prove a sexual assault that allegedly happened 30 years ago happened? And sadly, it's not just Cuomo and uh, Mayor Adams who have to defend themselves. Also, musicians. Axl Rose, you guys might know from Guns N' Roses, was also uh, dragged through civil court last week. There's allegations that he raped some woman. And this was another one that took place before I was even alive, back in 1989. Again, just for perspective, this is how long ago it was. And again, maybe she was sexually assaulted, and that's horrific. But there needs to be some form of evidence being presented, as well as this needs to go through criminal court first. There needs to be, a, in my opinion, there needs to be some type of argument built and made to prove these individuals are guilty. It shouldn't just jump over to civil court. And it's not just Axel Rose being accused. If you recall, P. Diddy was also accused by his ex-girlfriend, Cassie, of sexual assault. And there was other uh, allegations that were outlined in her case. And within just the day of her filing that lawsuit, the two did settle their lawsuit. But it didn't stop there. Two other lawsuits were also filed against him immediately after. Two other victims alleging that Diddy raped these women. And again, the allegations are from back in the 90s for most of these. How do you prove your innocence? And, and I know most people are saying, well, how do they prove guilt? And that's how it's supposed to go. But we all know in public eye, that's not how it works. They just make these accusations. Most people read the headlines. They're salacious. They're, they're attention grabbing. Everyone then automatically just convinced, is convinced that you're somehow guilty. And then that's it. So unfortunately, a lot of these men are now having to prove their innocence against allegations that are decades old. I want to bring in a former federal prosecutor to kind of get his take on all of this. Reeve Swineston is going to be joining us right now. Reeve, thank you for being here. I wanted to talk to you real quick about all of this because for me, I think it's a little outrageous that these accusations are even coming about right now. Um, I couldn't tell you what I was doing 10 years ago on this day. So I feel for these guys who are going to have to, or anyone who's being accused, who's going to have to figure out where they were doing 30 years ago uh, and try to prove their innocence. Um, I want to make my first question probably the most obvious question. How is this even legal? How are they able to even file these lawsuits um, without proving that these people have committed any crimes in the first place? Uh, well, speaking as a as a former prosecutor who had the burden of having to prove cases beyond a reasonable doubt in front of a jury uh, mm -hmm. for many years, um, 
the uh, well, the how uh, answer to that question is uh, they passed a statute allowing them to basically um, to recapture uh, what was uh, an already expired statute of limitations. Mm -hmm. But um, the uh, the reality is, uh, I think, in line with what you just said a few moments ago, it puts the defendant in the position of having to disprove a case that cannot be proven uh, beyond a reasonable doubt. I think it would be a very rare and exceptional case that you can prove beyond a reasonable doubt in front of strangers. And I'm talking criminal cases here. Um, so, and that's all I ever did was criminal cases. But um, here, I think that uh, the only um, way that they can justify this uh this strategy is uh by allowing plaintiffs who will use the the weapon of this uh no longer existing statute of limitations or at least limited uh, existing statute of limitations i guess they opened up the window for a year which just expired um to sue civilly and of course uh the reality in a civil case when compared to a criminal case is uh, the burden of proof is vastly different, but that doesn't mean you should be able to secure any kind of culpability against somebody decades later without any evidence at all. It's very unfair. And even in a civil case, you have a right to due process of some kind. You can't just, uh, or you shouldn't be able to be on the receiving end of the weaponization of this kind of law. Um, because somebody feels like it, uh, they see it as an opportunity to make some money. And I'd be really interested to see the kinds of people targeted for this statute, you know, high profile people, people with with assets. Yeah. Um, or are the 2500 cases going after legitimate predators who, for whatever reason, they've never faced any kind of um, any kind of consequences for their actions decades ago? There may have been a, uh, a reason the legislature did this, um, a compassionate reason why the legislature did this, but it doesn't seem, at least in what I've seen and what I think you've seen in the media, that that's where uh, it ended up. Yeah. Uh, people targeted for this are people like Trump, which I think she filed her case within microseconds of the law becoming effective. Yeah, yeah. And that's why so many people speculate that that's the reason why this law even came about, because it gave her enough time to go after him and to to slap the sexual assault allegations against him and, and kind of have a little bit of legitimacy behind that. Um, but obviously from CNN, um, that CNN interview, it, it's hard to believe that there was any type of credibility behind her claims. Um, and, and that's when Anderson Cooper stepped in and shut down the interview temporarily to kind of angle her, I'm assuming, in commercial break. And that's just my assumption. But um, this as a producer i wouldn't even allow somebody like that on my show because those accusations could lead to defamation lawsuits because you're making claims i always say if you're gonna make a claim on any of the shows that i'm working on i've got to see evidence because i don't want to be behind uh i don't want to be in civil court having to defend our show after you've made allegations that are unproven um so i think it's quite interesting uh reef i have a question for you about this what about the legality behind this? Are these individuals able to somehow challenge this, to even if this is even legal? So if you're a defendant right now who's being named in these lawsuits, can you even challenge the law and see if it, and go after them and maybe say it's unconstitutional and try to fight it that way? Or do you have to just 
let the process hand out, gosh, pan out in civil court and just kind of wait to see what's going to happen. No, there should be some pretrial litigation related to the constitutionality of the statute. Um, the my knee jerk reaction to it is, is that it's presumptively unconstitutional because it, it uh, deprives uh, the subject of these lawsuits, whether it's Trump, Adams or whoever. Uh, let's just say <clears throat> some innocent person uh, in this situation gets caught up in in the mad rush to file these, which I understand 2,500 of them were filed. Yeah. There has to be some pretrial litigation that resolves this once and for all um, so that uh, there, you know, due process imply, implies uh, fairness, right? Uh, what What's fair? And one of the things that uh, we all know from just growing up as children and not becoming lawyers, uh, just growing up as, as adults, is that you, you shouldn't be able to suffer the consequences of an allegation without some form of proof. Yeah. And the way that these cases are going to have to be litigated is through the what I think would be the deprivation of any proof. Um, because how do you retain forensic evidence over decades? Um, was there ever even a, a claim filed decades ago? That's one factor that can and should be considered in terms of its mm -hmm. both constitutionality and its viability at trial. Yeah. Um, whether uh, the defendant will be able to even secure a constitutionally adequate defense. How is that possible when somebody simply standing, stepping forward and saying that person, that man or woman did these things to me? And, uh, you know, do I have any proof? No, but uh, the statute says I can bring this action and I'm going to do it and he needs to pay me millions of dollars now. That, that's, that doesn't mean any standard of proof it beyond a reasonable doubt you know clear and convincing evidence yeah. uh prima facie evidence uh it doesn't meet any standard of doubt whatsoever any standard of proof i should say and therefore it's the kind of thing that shouldn't even be permitted in the law yeah yeah I'd agree with you on that i mean anytime listen i'm, I'm okay with women coming forward and making legitimate claims but I have the issue that people skipping over criminal court and going straight to civil, because that doesn't make any sense to me, um, just from the individual's right to be able to defend himself. And then also in civil court, I'm not sure if most of our audience is aware, but the defendant's now gonna burden all those financial uh, legal fees and mm -hmm. uh, potentially will have to pay the plaintiff's legal fees as well if they are found to have any guilt. And that could be something that's, that's settled out in the settlement. So a lot of times, People who are accused of something in civil court will take a settlement prior to going to trial because it's just it's it's the it's less of a financial burden for them. And it doesn't mean the admission of guilt. It just means that they're in a really uh, difficult bind. And, you know, I mean, it, that's what could happen here. So I feel bad. And also we saw with P. Diddy. Listen, I'm, I'm I if he did something wrong. I'm totally against it, but there should have been the criminal aspect to it first. Um, but after he settled his lawsuit with his with his ex-girlfriends, 
uh, two more lawsuits popped up. And so you just have to kind of figure that that you're opening up like this wormhole for these people. Um, and I do have empathy for them just because I don't know how you disprove any of this. And, and they, I mean, I couldn't tell you what I was doing five years ago today. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I do feel bad for them. But Reef, I want to get to a really important story as well, because let's be honest, we are dog people on the show and your son <laughs> is doing incredible work. And I wanted to bring this up because I think it's so important. Your son is a dog oh, trainer. Yes. yes. And this is Bear and he is, I think this is obedience training. Is that what we're watching here? Yes. Bear is okay. in a shelter. He's been there for over a hundred days, I believe. Well over a hundred oh. days. He was returned to the shelter. My son's an active duty Marine officer. Uh, and he does this on the side for free. It's just he's just helping out the shelter um, with uh, with dogs. And he saw an opportunity here uh, for this dog to find a home. And for whatever reason, a uh, hundred days later, he's still not uh, he still hasn't found a home. And so my son has spent over a month training him. So he's a really well trained dog. My son is a professional dog trainer and and does a lot of it on the side. Yeah. Um, and so we just got to find this guy a home. Uh, apparently, he's got a lot of energy. So whoever he goes to needs to be like you, a young athlete running marathons and things like that. But uh, um, and, and there's been, from what I understand, no behavioral issues. He just has a lot of energy. So it's not the kind of dog you stick in a crate or um, out in the backyard by himself all day. He wants to be with you and have fun with you. Thank yeah. you for bringing that up. That's very kind of you. No, no problem. Listen, I'm a dog person. I, I love my pups dearly. Everyone knows this. Um, so, of course, we'll take the opportunity to show uh, Bear some love. So Bear is, they're guessing, about two years old, it looks like. Um, yep. He's got a great resume. Look at that little face. How do you say no to that face? And uh, right. he's in North Carolina right now. He is. He's right outside of uh, Camp Lejeune in North Carolina, uh, Jacksonville, North Carolina. Okay. Well, perfect. So, listen, if you're at home right now and you're thinking – Okay, I'd like to give I'd like to give little bear here a chance. You can go to adoptionfirstanimalrescue.com. You can look at his information there. You could submit an application. You could call, ask him questions if you want. But we've got to get this little this little cute boy out of the shelter right now. He's such a cutie pie. You can't leave him there. Um, and he's no. trained. I mean, come on, that's amazing. And, and you can uh, my son can answer any questions. You can follow him on TikTok and Instagram at for the dogs. I love that. Easy as that. that. That's easy. That's easy. And that's, that, that works for us. Well, Reeve, thank you for your time today. I greatly appreciate it. And we'll have you back on soon, I'm sure. Hey, everyone. I'm getting ready to head out right now. But before I go, I always have to put on some deodorant. And I used to look all the time for the best deodorant. I couldn't find it on the shelves at all until our good friends over at Give a Derm came out with a brand new deodorant. This one's called Pits Me Off. It's incredible. Watch this, it's super easy. Ta-da, and that's all you need. And it dries super quick. Obviously, I'm wearing black. There's no white residue left over. It's a natural deodorant. It's made right here in the USA. There's none of those Chinese harmful chemicals also included in it. It's giveaderm.com, and then use the promo code Brianna for 10% off. You gotta try it. You guys, I've said it once before, so I'm gonna say it again. And under the Biden regime, I've never been more worried about my financial future. I called my good friend, Dr. Kirk Elliott, because I wanted to come up with a plan put in place to make sure I was secure. And he came up with a plan for me to invest in silver. I'm rich. 
I've got my silver. I'm feeling so much better about my future. I highly recommend you give him a call and just chat with his team. 720-605-3900. And you could also head over to his website if you'd like to schedule an appointment. It's kirkelliotphd.com slash Brianna. The only channel dedicated exclusively to world entertainment. I'm your host, Brianna Morello. My journey into conservative media is quite unique. I was raised in Huntington, New York with my six siblings. My mom stayed at home and raised us all while my father worked. After graduating school, I landed in the sports world. I was a freelance reporter and a producer for several outlets. I worked for companies like Major League Baseball, NHL, ESPN Plus, and many others. But it wasn't until a couple of years in the sports world I realized it just wasn't for me. So I made the jump into the news industry. My first gig was at Fox News and Fox Business. I was a teleprompter operator. And although they say it's an entry-level position, it was extremely high-pressure environment. You stay classy, San Diego. I'm Ron Burgundy? Damn it! Who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? After spending a year over at Fox, I decided New York wasn't for me. So I picked up all my belongings and drove all the way down to South Florida. I moved to West Palm Beach before anyone else did. And then during my time in West Palm Beach, I landed at a local news station down here. I was so tired of having to just copy and paste over scripts from platforms like the Associated Press and other platforms where you just don't put thought process into it and there's somebody else who's generating a script for your anchor. So then I ended up landing at Newsmax. I think Bloomberg has a really tough situation he's going through right now. After spending quite some time over at Newsmax, I did head back to Fox. I started working for Maria Bartiroma as a booking producer for her Fox Business weekend show, as well as Wall Street Journal at large. After finding out that Fox wanted me to comply with the local New York City vaccine mandate, I resigned. But I am extremely grateful because if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have landed my first gig in independent journalism with Emerald Robinson. We launched The Absolute Truth on Lindell TV and it's been absolutely incredible. It's our very own senior producer here at The Absolute Truth for her show debut. Brianna Morello. I am now a firm believer in independent journalism and strongly believe that will save our country. So I'm honored to be on this independent platform and bring you the stories you won't see anywhere else. Join me in my journey on The Brianna Morello Show here on Rumble.